welcome to Pleasant Grove Church, where Reverend Dr. Classy M. Preston is the pastor. A place where the Word of God impacts and transforms your life. Let's listen to a power-packed message already in progress. just praise him for a second. If God is, you're all and all. If God is, you're all and all. Oh, we serve an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. An awesome God who is worthy of our worship. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. If it had not been mm-mm, for the Lord, tell me where. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for life. Thank you, God, for Jesus. Thank you, God, for keeping us through storm after storm after storm. You are such an awesome God who is worthy to be praised. Lord, we love you and we magnify your name. We ask, oh God, that you will purify our thoughts and that you will bless us and cleanse us so that we might be worthy to call on your holy name. Thank you for our going out and coming in, and thank you for saving our lives, oh God. And we thank you that you keep taking us through storm after storm, but you are our everything. So we bless your holy name. And we ask, oh God, that your word will go forward. We pray, dear God, that this sanctuary will be filled with your presence, your spirit, your power. And we bind the enemy right now in the name of Jesus. I ask all of these prayers in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. 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 My time of healing has been a very interesting time for me. And many people have asked me, what have you been doing during this period of time? And I finally realized that I had a broken heart. And I realized that God was giving me time to think through where I am. You ever had a broken heart? Nobody had a broken heart before? Anybody ever been disappointed? Anybody ever been cheated, (laughs) lied on, misrepresented? I said, but I had time to talk to God. And if you really want to feel good about yourself and understand who you are, go to the Bible and read about the heart. God's love for us is demonstrated through every act of kindness we do for one another. 
and through our service for the needy, our compassion for the lowly, and our benevolence to the poor, his love is demonstrated. I'm often reminded that I don't do good for others because I am good, for the good that is in me comes from the Lord. And every good thing that I do comes from the Lord. We must love the language, learn the language of love that God speaks and pray for those who despise us, forgive those who hurt us, and love those who hate us. And we also have to realize that we, Reverend Leslie, cannot do this on our own. Because in this human flesh, our tendency is to be arrogant, disobedient, and we want to have our own way. He ever noticed a one-year-old who wants to have exactly what they want? I have a little nephew, great nephew, his name is Dream. So when Dream can't have his way, he jumps up and down and all around, and he screams and he hollers until he gets what he wants, and then he calms down. That's some Dream in all of us. And as I was continuing to read the Bible, Heart matters cause us to uh, attack and connect. They give us insight and make us reflect. They are, when we love strong and deep, they can lead us to cry and make us weep. Matters of the heart, which was written by Dr. Ronna Milner, says that the heart is our centering main life source. And matters of the heart are all a driving force in our lives. Tenderness and sensitivity are worn on the sleeves. They hold us close, not wanting to leave. Matters of the heart make life worth living, and they can deplete us, but they can also keep on giving. Matters of the heart draw us closer to God. Whatever it is that you're holding on to that is not of God, on this day, you need to give it up in the name of Jesus because God wants us to come with a pure heart and God wants us to be who we say we are. The psalmist said that my flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. God is the strength of my life. The Bible says, Deacon Ophelia, that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And above all else, this is Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart for everything you do flows from the heart. So if there are times when you have surprised yourself, you have to confess that it was already stored in the heart. And your mouth just gave you a vehicle to get it out. And sometimes we think things like, oh, no, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. You didn't mean for me to hear it, but you meant what you were saying. And so what I'm saying is that this is a good point in our lives for us to check on your own heart situation and open the Bible and read it and ask God to show you where your failures are. David said, well, create in me a pure heart, O God and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You ever meet people and they can tell you what happened 10 years ago and what was wrong, but the good stuff they never talk about. And so we have to be firm in our beliefs because when the Bible says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, that is a true statement. The evidence of what you treasure is evident every day. The choices you make the people you hang out with, the clothes you wear, 
the cars we drive, the houses we live in. The baby house needs more clothes over there. We're not in overflow yet. I checked it out yesterday. So we need to understand that when God, Brother James, ministers to the heart, God does the surgery. And let me give it to you in another perspective. The other day, I received a note that it was time for our annual termite inspection. Anybody here ever had a termite inspection? And I decided that I was going to read up on termites to see if I really needed an annual inspection or not. So after I read that termites thrive in different climates, food, moisture, shelter, optimal temperature, that's the thing, so that's where they thrive. And unfortunately, all homes, regardless of their construction type, can provide those ideal conditions for termite infestation. In other words, there's a correlation between having termites and having a dirty heart. And I also discovered in my reading that chances are you're not sure, but many homeowners don't know these pests are lurking because the termites most likely are unseen underground and in the walls of your house. And that's where sin hides in our hearts and it hides behind the crevices. And what we do is we cover it up by saying all the right things, but we don't do and think the right things. Termites are more active when and where it's warm. Termites really get excited when it's warm. Gossip is warm. Talking about people is warm. Oh, not raising your holy hand to say, thank you, Lord, that I made it another day is warm. We have become like termites in so many ways. Sternites are sneaky. They say they are gone, but they're not. They're still there eating at the wood in your house and the canvas of your heart. Simple steps can help us prevent infestation while termite treatment should be left to a professional. In other words, Trustee Ray, if you have spiritual termites, then Orkin can't help you. You got to have the Holy Ghost and Almighty God. And so what we learn here is that as people of God, we need to learn how to be who we say we are, and we need to ask God to purify our hearts so that we might worship him in spirit and in truth. You ever been concerned about termites? Do you know where you're storing dead things in your life that are worth nothing to anybody? Are you still telling the story of something that happened 10 years ago? Are you still angry because your mother likes the other child better than you? Are you still upset because the family didn't invite you over for Thanksgiving dinner? Are you still eating at the wood and eating at the interior because you didn't get what you thought you deserved? Are you still upset that the supervisor you hate really, really, really fired you? Are you really upset that people don't look at you the way they used to? We got to get over people and we got to start looking at God. And only God can meditate and regulate our hearts. Jesus was always teaching about the heart. 
And by the way, after I read more about termites, I didn't think I could convince Deacon Jay we didn't need to have the annual checkup. So I called, and we got our termite inspection. What I'm saying to you is that sometimes you have termites and you don't know it. So when the man said to me, "I need to go into the crawl space," where's the key? I realized that our hearts are the crawl space of God, and I realized that the termite—you have to crawl under the house. But God crawls into our hearts, takes away all the dirt, filth, and all the things. We're taking too much for granted. We're taking too much for granted. We're living as if we have a long time to get ready. But the Bible says that He is going to come in the twinkling of an eye. We won't have time to confess. We won't have time to be on Hulu. We won't have time to be on TikTok. We won't have time to go to Facebook. We won't have time to clean up our lives. So, do you need a termite inspection? That's personal. But I am asking you to ask God. Be bold enough to ask God to show you where the termites are in your life. I have discovered that people I thought loved me were really termites. I have discovered that termites come to church. I've discovered that termites sing. I've discovered that the enemy will use people as termites when they don't have an anchor through the heart to God, and we are confused about why we are here and what God wants us to do. And so, what I'm saying is that you get termites when you don't know who you really are, and you need to be willing to do the examination. I saw my surgeon on Wednesday. She had to see my face. She wanted to see the healing process. She wanted to see it for herself. So I drove to Chapel Hill to let her see that. And what I'm trying to get you to see is that sometimes, as believers, we walk around with spirits that are not pleasing unto God. And one of the things that Jesus teaches us is that we can get termite inspections from the Holy Ghost for free, and nobody will know what the what the inspector found but you. Jesus did something interesting. Jesus, at the beginning of his ministry, he came out healing. Raising the dead, Jesus. Jesus was busy at ministry. Remember, he healed the leper. Remember Simon Peter's mother-in-law. Remember the man with the unclean spirit. Remember Jesus healed the lepers. Remember the man at Bethesda, the man with withered hand, the centurion. Oh, you know all of this because you're all Bible scholars. We know that. You know when Jesus healed the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus was always busy. About his father's business, and it's time that we become more like Jesus and take care of our father's business. What happens with Jesus, and I believe that this is a model that we could look at, is that Jesus had disciples who were not always authentic, and that was one named Peter, arrogant, knew everything, out of order. Always raising his hand, always trying to have the final word. He really had an identity crisis. But what was interesting to me as I read this text is that even though Jesus was disappointed with Peter, Jesus was willing to go back 
and reinstate Peter so that he could be aligned with the kingdom of God. Have you ever been bold enough to say, Lord, I need to be reinstated? In the old days, they had the mourners bench and the old ladies in the church would have you come forward and lay hands on you and give you some oil so that you could start all over again. But now the church has become so proper, we don't have the mourners bench, we don't give testimonies, we just come and look at each other and we say to ourselves, why are you so happy? <laughs> we need to look at our lives. We need to look at our lives the way Jesus looks at our lives. We need to look at the resources that God has given us and what we do with those resources. We need to ask ourselves, have I sinned? The Bible says that what all, A-L, all have sinned. Is that right? Is it all? Does that include me? How about you? How about you? How about the women? How about the men? How about the children? How about the what? All have sinned. So I'm waiting on that Holy Ghost moment where we all begin to realize that the Lord can remove the termites out of our heart. The Bible says that Jesus went to the disciples. This is post-resurrection. And I kept reading this and I realized that it's one thing to hear somebody say, I saw the Lord. But it's another thing if you see the Lord for yourself. So the Bible says in John 21 that they were fishing. I don't know, Deacon Gina, if it was trout they were catching, red snapper, flounder. I just could have been catfish. I don't know. All I know is that Jesus showed up. And when Jesus showed up, Jesus says, how's it going, boys? Did you catch anything? They had a hundred, read it, they had a hundred, yeah, come on, what, what did you catch all night long? You've been fishing, but what did you catch? I'm asking you right now, all your life you've been fishing. What have you caught? And some of the things that we caught are not the things that God wants us to catch. And we need to get a hold of ourselves and get right with God. There used to be a song in the old church, get right church and let's go home. Hey, that's right. That's, what was it, the morning train? Might be too late, is that an Alabama song? Get right church, hallelujah, hallelujah. But what's so interesting is about Jesus is that he did not Badmouth Peter. He he knew what he was. God's already know Eddie what we are and what we're capable of doing. God already knows our character. God already knows what we can be trusted with. God already knows the words in our mouth before they come out. But Jesus shows us something about love that's really deep and compassionate. Jesus goes back to get the termites out of Peter's heart before he goes to be with the Father. And when Jesus has this conversation with Peter, he asks, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know I love you. Well, what do you mean, do I love you? How arrogant can you be? You're talking to Jesus. Then the second time, he said, do you love me more than that? You see, if we don't do what God has called us to do, there is no evidence of love. Let me say that again. If we don't do what God has called us to do and what we have agreed to do, then we don't love Jesus. Jesus was saying that I'm on my way out of here in a little bit. 
I need to know, can I trust you with my word? Can I trust you with my work? Can I trust you to carry on? Can I trust you to raise those who are sick? Because you have the Holy Ghost power. Many of us do not realize the power we have through the Holy Spirit. Jesus said the third time, do you love me? Then Peter really got arrogant. He said, yes, Lord, you know. He said, then feed my sheep. In other words, don't give the sheep sardines and you'll have them baked trout. In other words, don't give my people what you have left over, but give my people the best that you have. I don't know about you, but I ask God every day, show me where I am in my relationship with you. Show me, dear God, how I can be more like you. And I realized that I probably need to make some post-resurrection appearances also. How about you? Are there some things that you need to clean up maybe from a couple of years ago? Are there some things that you said that you shouldn't have? You see, God is looking for purity. And we cannot feed on what we don't have. And one reason the church is so silent at times now is because we've gotten lazy. Lazy. We're taking God for granted. We've gotten comfortable. We need to understand, are we witnessing in the name of Jesus? Is life still always about us? But Jesus comes back to clear the termites out of Peter's heart so he could use them. You see, God cannot use us as long as we are in human flesh with no spirit, because human flesh cannot be trusted. Human flesh cannot do the work of the Lord without the Holy Spirit. And what I found interesting also is that Peter wanted to redirect Jesus, but he said, no, 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 we're going to stay in this conversation. I want to know, do you love me? I want to know, do you care enough about me to carry on my work when I am no longer here? I want to know, can I trust you to get up and pray and commune with God so that you can be a disciple for me? What is your answer? Are you a termite? Do you know whether you're in the crawl space or not? Is this a time in your life when you ought to say, Lord, reveal to me who I really am. And when then you do that, you can use me, Lord, for your purpose. I looked at the scripture over and over and over again, and I prayed and prayed, and I said, Lord, I want to see you for myself. I don't want anybody else to tell me what you look like and what it's like. I want to see you for myself. I want my own Holy Ghost experience. I want to know you in the pardon of my sins. I, I want to know you as Peter, James, and John. I want to know you, Lord, and I want to do your work, and only you can empower me to do your work. Can I get a witness? Anybody in the house? Anybody ready to praise the Lord? Because Jesus said, you can't do this work on your own. You can't just get up and preach the word on your own. You don't get up and sing on your own. You don't get up and pray on your own. But I give you the power. And then I trust you to do the right thing. 
I loved the Williams brothers, and I loved, I, God didn't let me sing, because I'd probably be on the highway somewhere trying to sing, you know, so I just listened to everybody else's songs, you know what I'm saying, Candace, I'm not jealous, now that was actually a wonderful, I am so proud of all of you, it's just the Lord told me to stay in my lane, and I go, what lane is that, he said, it's not singing, baby, whatever you do, it is not singing, but there is a song by the Williams brother, not Joe's James Barbie knows all of this. And the song is, You Bless Me Still. And I love that song because what the, what the Williams brothers are saying, you know I'm a sinner, you bless me still. You know I'm a thief, you bless me still. You know that I gossip, but you bless me still. You know that I don't tithe, but you bless me still. You know that I don't go to see the sick or feed those who are hungry, but you bless me still. You bless me in spite of myself. You bless me in spite of my humanness. You bless me in spite of my negligence. You blessed me when I slept in and I didn't pray at all. You blessed me when you delivered me from slavery of sin. You blessed me to have everything that I have. All I want to do is say, thank you, Jesus. Can you practice that? Say, thank you, Jesus. We need to learn how to say, thank you, Jesus. And in spite of all the things I've done, you bless me still. And all of the things that I'm thinking about right now, you blessed me still. And what they were trying to get us to see is that although I fail sometimes to do your will, you did not leave me, you blessed me still. You are my guiding light. I don't know about you, but the Lord is my guiding light. I could have been dead and gone, but it was the Lord's desire to give me a few more days. So every day I'm praising God for the time that I have been given, and I'm gonna use it all day and all night, every day of my life, because the Lord has been good to me. You kept your arms around me all the way. Growing up in the South, racially intense, environments, you bless me still. We had a house with only three bedrooms and 14 people, but you bless me still. We only had one bathroom, and we don't remember standing in line because you blessed us still. We didn't have, we didn't have fancy poetry and all of that in our kitchen. We had some boxes over there by the door. We had lots of beans and rice. You blessed us still. And you sent us that, we call it that government cheese. That would come in the brown, oh, you guys didn't get any government cheese? In the brown box, you know what I'm talking about? And then you hiding it because you don't want your friends to know that you're eating the government cheese, but you can't wait till it gets there. I didn't give you what you deserve, but you're blasphemous still. I didn't call out your name and witness, but you bless me still. I didn't sing for you, but you bless me still. I didn't go for you, Lord, but you bless me still. So every day, all day, I'm going to praise the Lord because in spite of my weaknesses, in spite of my 
sinfulness. He blessed me still. Bless me with a mom and a dad. Bless me with a whole raggedy family. Bless me with everything. You brought me over. If you are ready to give your life to Jesus Christ, we invite you to pray this prayer with us. And it says, Dear Lord, I admit that I am a sinner and there is nothing that I can do to save myself. I ask for your forgiveness. And you can do this if you are streaming. At this moment, I believe you alone are the one who bore my sins when you died on the cross and rose from the dead. Today, I turn from my sinful life and invite you into my heart. I will trust you and follow you all of the days of my life. Thank you for saving me and hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening. It is our prayer that this message will enlighten and empower you to do the will of God. If you have a prayer request or praise report or like additional information on Pleasant Grove Church or other recorded messages, come visit us in person or write to us at Pleasant Grove Church, Post Office Box 3603, Cary, North Carolina, 27519. Or call us at 919-363-5198. Or visit us on the web at www.pgc-carry.org.